Hello, and welcome to Sideways. This week, we're talking about the different ways we can take care of ourselves when we're struggling with our emotions, or when we're not. We discuss how even the most basic elements of self-care seem to elude so many of us, and the positive impact of embracing some of them in our daily lives. I asked Martin about memorable sporting injuries. He reads an article in the paper, and we feel grateful for things close to home. How to self-soothe. All right. Excellent. Yes, thank you. Yeah, how are you? All right, thanks. <laughs> it's Monday evening. Monday evening rather than Sunday morning. Yeah, I feel more jaded than I would do on a Sunday morning. Yeah, I do really. Yeah. It's more. It's. I'm, I'm easy like Sunday morning, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's your fault, isn't it? Because you... You couldn't do it yesterday because you were selfishly going to visit your daughter. I was, yes, all right, and I did. Did you have a but, nice uh, time? I did very nice, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Good, it's great. And uh, to- have you, you, you've been watching the tennis? Uh, no, well, uh, yeah, I have been. Not today because I've just got in from work. I was just watching it while I was waiting for you. Yeah, well, I do, as you know, I do like a bit of Wimbledon. But uh, no, I haven't had a chance to catch up with it today yet. Hmm. Have you ever, I was thinking about this earlier when I was thinking about tennis. Have you ever, um, when you've been playing doubles in the past, did you ever serve and hit your opponent on the back of the head? <laughs> of course. <laughs> you have to do that, don't you? Wake, sometimes if you're playing with someone that's terrible, it wakes them up a little bit as well, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I can remember doing that up the Heath once and I can't remember who I was playing with. I've got a feeling it might have been Dave Clark. But uh, I'm not sure. And then it got me, then it just kind of led me on to thinking about um, most painful sporting experiences. Okay. What springs to mind for you? Oh, lots of football injuries. Right. I don't think anything really beats a cricket ball in the bollocks. Uh, no, no, I've got the football in the bollocks several times. That lays you low for a while, that's for sure. And everyone laughs, that's the problem. No one shows any concern at all. It's very funny for everyone. <laughs> I'll tell you what else really hurts football-wise, and that's getting um, a ball on the inside of the thigh on a cold winter's morning. Yeah, it does, yeah. But it can leave, leave a bruise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's, yeah. What's, yeah, I don't know where you start to go down that route. Oh, I just, I told you, I, 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 I showed you my workings. I was watching the tennis and it got me thinking about hitting people on the head with a tennis ball and then led me on to other sporting mishaps. Other sports, yeah. Well, I, I'd, have, I'd had time to think about sporting injuries, but yeah, the football ones always spring to mind because they were quite regular. Yeah, well, you deserved them. Thank you. That's all right. Anyway. Okay. Or getting hit with a golf club when you're standing near someone with someone's backswing catches you under, catches you under the chin. It did that actually, good. Does that happen to you? <clears throat> well, it, it happened to me on, um, when I was quite quite wee when I was playing crazy golf. My cousin she she swung it back and co- cropped me under the chin. Yeah, maybe teeth chatter together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did that exact same thing up the heath when I was um, we were having a round of putting. I was with my sister and her friend Dorinda Cave, and I hit Dorinda Cave in the, in the face with my cutter. <laughs> Poor yeah. old Dorinda. It's a great name. I don't oh, think I'll she liked that. me very much before that because I was a kind of annoying younger, younger brother. So I suspect yeah. that just pretty much cemented the deal for her. <laughs> she had a good excuse not to invite you again. 
That's yeah. for sure. I've been, struggling, I've been struggling to find that excuse not to hang about with you. But <laughs> well, I don't mind hitting you in the face with a golf club if that will do it for you. <laughs> well, I was thinking that might be yeah, that's a small price to pay. I'm just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use his driver though; it won't be a putter. <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough of this nonsense. Yeah, what do you want to talk about? Well, this was an idea that you sent through to me. Oh, uh, yeah, you sent it through to me on the twenty second of May. Uh, this year, <laughs> How do you which, know it's uh, the twenty second of May? Uh, because I wrote it down at the time, but I also, also remember that because that's, that's George Best's birthday. Is it the twenty second of May? Yeah, and he was he was, a, he was the next level alcoholic, wasn't he? He sort of drank his way through two livers. Um, <laughs> but I always, I always remember, yeah, twenty second of May because I remember. Do you remember the Shoot magazine? Yes. Used to get as a, as a as a child. All the each week they used to do a poster. Um. And, and I used to take those posters out, regardless of it was, and put them on, put it on my wall. And I remember, I memorised some of the birthdays of people of the, of the, of the of so I always, always remember like the 12th of April is Bobby Moore's birthday or the 30th of December is Gordon Banks's birthday. And so I, I used to, I used to have them, in fact, I ended up logging them in an old diary so I can remember them. Honestly, sometimes you frighten me. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep things in order, which is very much what I no want to come on <laughs> I want to come on to my next point. Once again, you seem to have messed up the numbering. You switched straight from season four, episode three to season four, episode five on the on the listing. So I've had to put that straight on the oh, on, well, on the Facebook page. I'm um, I didn't like, I'm allergic to the number four. Didn't you know that? <laughs> you just seem allergic to getting numbering in any sort of <laughs> format. I'm, I'm sure you just do it just to uh, just to annoy the hell out of me. I don't. I just, but if if it comes to it, I just sort of guess and think, oh, it must be about number five. Yeah, and, not the way uh, to behave. It's not. It's no way to behave, is it? Honestly, I think it's. I think it's all right. Anyway, I think you've skated over something that we just need to drill down into a little bit more, and that is. Okay. I think if I heard you correctly, I think what you said to me was, you used to take the poster out of your copy of shoot and put it on your wall, yeah. regardless of who it was. I did. Yeah. That means you'd have had sort of Chelsea players and Tottenham players on your wall, and I had, and I had every player, I had every every team, every player, just because I, I wanted to fill my wall up. Uh, it, it got to the point where I started to move them around in order of of their birthdays, so I could see when their birthday. Oh was. my god! <laughs> Seriously, you need therapy. <laughs> Yeah, so I, you know, so I, I'd rejoice oh, it. So I could look around my posters and see whose birthday it was that day. I thought, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I had a, a little bit of a bit of a cheer with the, whoever it was. So just, actually, just before we start, I wanted to mention an article in uh, I was reading in the Guardian. The, the the link to it was on the the very fine Aspire to Be Recovery Facebook page, um, yeah. and it was um, it was it was written by uh, what is it, an article about um, the Reverend Richard Coles. Yeah. I know we've been, probably mentioned him before in the past. Have, I mean, yeah. His husband was an alcoholic, wasn't he? Exactly. I mean, he, he wasn't a, I'm not a religious person, not been any means, but I always like to hear what he has to say. Uh, and he was in Brodsky beating the communards. You know, he, had some, he had some hit records over his belt as well before he before he, he, he uh, handed his life over to God. But uh, I, I, it, the, the fact that his husband died of alcoholic liver disease two years ago gives him a bit of an insight into into what he was talking about. And it basically was calling for, for more realistic and less glamorised uh, depictions of alcoholism on TV. Um, he referenced, oh, I read that uh, article. <clears throat> you did. Mm. So you, you probably saw that he, he um, mentioned um, 
narcos on netflix about the drug barons yeah. that have all the tra- all the trappings of wealth and power and they're drinking very expensive rare scotches and tequila and he was saying the irony being in that is that um you know drink is a far bigger killer than the crack cocaine that they were dealing in um yeah. but it, then he went on to praise the praise the archer storyline about uh, 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 alice carter and a realistic descent into alcoholism and the chaos it called to those around her yeah yeah it's that i i know you're i know you're not a massive fan of the archers but uh yeah that's true it has been it's been very good i think if i remember rightly the kind of gist of that article was really about how it, it there is a kind of hope that we might be turning the corner and actually now beginning to realize that this glorification of alcohol and even alcoholism is um really a pale imitation of the truth yeah, and obviously he's been up close and personal to that. Um, he went on to add, and I'll quote, if we are to make realistic decisions about how we poison ourselves, we need the information, the hard facts, not the romanticised, glamorised, falsified version of alcohol that entertainment offers and advertising promotes. We need more Ambridge and less Guadalajara to restore a bit of realism to a distorted picture. So you can see, once again, we're social influence because we mentioned the um the the archer storyline and that and advertising so you know several months ago so you know you must have read that and just picked up on it yeah (laughs) either that or we've just we're right you know in touch with the zeitgeist exactly yeah we got the finger on the pulse but i I think it was what i wanted to talk to you about today was moving on from that was about um it was a uh, well self-soothing that was that's what you sent me through um the idea of what did Um, i say in my text um, this is a good idea for a, for oh. a podcast episode. Oh, left, I wonder what I was thinking of that day. <laughs> well, you left me, yeah, you left me pretty much high and dry. So I, I, that was it. That was, that was as good as it got. But um, it reminded me of, of a phrase that's often thrown around in recovery circles, especially if someone's struggling or is just coming back from a relapse. And often, people often say, well, be kind to yourself. Um which and I often think, well, you know, how, how do we do that? It's, it's, it's quite an easy thing to say, perhaps quite difficult to practice. Well, I did, I did some research on that because I didn't really know where I was going with, with it all. And I, I was reading a, quite an interesting blog. It was on a, on a website uh, for, um, that was set up by the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Now, it's an American um, website, but it, there's some interesting points on that. And there's one or two I wanted to raise with you, and I'm sure you've got some thoughts yourself. Okay. Um, but the, it started off, it was it, the actual blog was by a, a therapist chap, and he was saying that learning to self soothe is, is very hard, but it's something we should all learn to, should all learn how to do, especially if we have mental health conditions or traumatic pasts. And I think you know a lot of people that come into recovery have probably got both of those. Um, and so I think it's quite an important point, and because of the fact that we mention it quite a lot under the banner of being kind to yourself. And he's something that I wanted to explore a little bit more anyway. Okay. Um, and he, he went on to say that not every technique's work. I think he was quite insistent about that, 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 that some techniques you might try and they may work for a while, uh, but not just one technique will solve all of your ills. You know, you've, you've got to uh, find your own path through it all really. Um, and they tend to evolve over time. Um, you know, you have to realize how valuable these techniques can be. Uh, when you're upset or stressed, yep. and it's, imp- it's important to know how to, you know, how to, to how to deal with that, and to have positive ways about you, and how to cope on your own. Yeah, I um, always, um, I always think of it like, uh, 
you know, like if a fuse goes in your house, yeah, uh, you then have to go around turning appliances on and off to see which one it is that's tripping the switch, tripping the fuse. I think self-soothing is the same sort of thing. As you say, not all techniques work. You need to go through them, try different things until you find things or a combination of things that work for you because they you know you can you can list a whole load of techniques but uh it's it's absolutely true to say that not everything works for everyone no i like the phrase you used um at the start of the blog who was saying you don't need to be a guru on the mountaintop raking sand to self-soothe the right way and and then he went on to to say that you know, things like breathing techniques and meditation um which you know, I wanted to explore a little bit further with you, but uh, is there is there something that you know? What, what would you are there, are, there, are there certain techniques that you suggest to you know when people come to see you, or have it, any ideas on that? I've got a list of other bits and pieces, but I really wanted to see what you what your thoughts were first. Yeah, but I I, I have a, a kind of number of things that I suggest to people, whether almost regardless of what their issue is, there are some kind of I see them as kind of fundamental. Uh, pillars of self-care that's the way i think about it yeah and and it and and they're you know even when you get to things like kind of medication uh meditation (laughs) or breathing techniques you know as soon as you get there that will start to put some people off so i always start with things that are really kind of um you know we think of them as the sorts of things that everybody does but of course not everybody is doing them so it's things like um eating properly and regularly um getting enough rest so you often find that when people are in an emotional state they're not sleeping very well you know their whole kind of sleep pattern tends to be irregular and disrupted so getting back to those kind of fundamentals going to bed at the same time every night getting up at the same time every morning creating a good solid sleeping routine um staying connected with people really critical one so stay connected to your support network even when you feel like you don't want to talk to people because you're struggling that's the time when you most need to talk to people even if it's just you know staying in touch with a friend or having a chat with your family once a week or whatever it might be that's a, another one um just just for you, just where you go on there there's a couple of points i think are really relevant to to us in in, in recovery certainly sleep pattern one um the disruptive sleep pattern you have when you're an active addiction is 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 is, ho- is awful you don't know whether night is day and uh, you know if, if up is down or whatever and, and and getting back i found in recovery one of the real benefits was starting to get a sleep pattern back and, and it took ages it took months really to adjust it back to exactly right going to bed at the same time and getting up at the same time trying to get that back was it took an awful long time but the other basic one is getting outside for some exercise every day okay and, yeah. and getting outside is the important bit yes you know so it's not no good to kind of sitting in your house doing some push-ups or whatever it is or <laughs> lifting some weights <clears throat> Being outside in nature, breathing fresh air in the daylight has a massively positive impact on a sense of well-being. So even if you only do those things, getting outside for a walk, eating well, sleeping properly, staying connected with your support network, that is a massive start 
So in terms of self-soothing, that's the basis of it. That is the foundation. Because when you do those sorts of things for yourself, you're starting to demonstrate to yourself that you matter enough to take care of. Yeah, I mean, certainly like getting outside and exercise. I'm, I, I'm, I'd never really considered that greatly. But during lockdown, uh, when you uh, do you remember right at the start of lockdown, you were only allowed outside for an hour and, um, and, and, and using that to go for a walk, I suddenly found... Not only there's some lovely countryside walks to go on around here, but I was really enjoying it. And and I did start to feel connected with the, the nature around me and it did lift my mood and my spirits. And there so, you, I, you know, I continue. I think that was one of the thing, the great things to come out from that. And I've continued to, to do so ever since when I get yeah. the opportunity, get outside and walk around. It's just it's just great. Yeah. It is just great. And it does, even if you've got something worrying on your mind, getting outside and walking for half an hour, three quarters of an hour or an hour or whatever, you feel so much better about it afterwards. You know, it, it, it puts things back into perspective. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, so I'm a big fan of that, which I wasn't beforehand. Yeah. The, the other one that I always add to my kind of basic <clears throat> list for people is doing something kind for yourself every day. And, okay. and what I mean by that, I think we might have spoken about this in a previous episode, but, you know, all of us have different ways of um, experiencing a kind of sense of joy or peace or calm or whatever. So um, the challenge there is about tapping into what it is that gives you that feeling. If it's sitting down watching the telly or reading a book or having a bath with a bath bomb, which I know you like, um, or whatever it happens to be, you know, watching the football, going out, hitting a, kicking a football about, whatever it is, stroking the dog, taking the dog for a walk. I always say to people, make sure you do something of that list of things every single day for yourself. It can be as simple as sitting and drinking a nice cup of coffee. But if it gives you a moment, a kind of little spark of joy, introduce it into your life every single day. It's it's one of the most powerful ways of self-soothing. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you know you mentioned those 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 basics, the, the pillars of it, as, as it were, and now you you sort of moved on. I think into some of the, some of the more nuanced areas, and, and some of the more nuanced areas came up in this blog as well. Okay, um, and you, you you've touched on a couple of them. Whereas stroking a pet was one of them that came up, which was a uh, it is it is nice, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, it, it it does really, uh, yeah, it does, and and that. Um, the other ones that, that were on the list was also was adjusting the noise levels. You know, some people like complete silence. Um, others would like to have you know, a bit of classical music softly playing in the background or whatever. But to create this sort of uh, um, um, an atmosphere, I suppose, of, of, of soothing and that you are, you know, you're calming down and getting and trying to reach out for serenity. Actually, so just two, two things there before you go on. One, yeah. the, the music thing is a, really, is a really important one because everybody's... Um, tastes and the things that uh, have that impact on people musically are really, really different. So we tend to think when we think about soothing, something quiet, something gentle, classical music, but I expect some people chill out listening to death metal. That's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, exactly, the most, yeah. most important thing is it's what works for you. I mean, you'd be listening to some idle wild, no doubt, or... <laughs> Or, you know, the anti-nowhere league or something, which well, you know, exactly. quite well, frankly I, would drive me around the twist. But there we are. <laughs> I think one of the first albums I used to listen to that used to put me in a good mood and make it was, was the very first Motorhead album, which uh, is, still, is still very strong today. But yeah, it's thumping rock. But yeah, it used yeah. to make me feel, 
feel quite good. But whereas whereas if, if someone put on if someone put on um, um, smooth American rock for you, that would make you want to punch <laughs> holes in the walls, wouldn't it? It would make me very angry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be. I wouldn't be kind to myself or anyone else around me. That's no. for sure. The other thing to mention <laughs> about stroking pets. Don't just yeah. randomly stroke other people's pets. That would be my advice there. <laughs> oh, well, in case you get bitten or get told off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> right. You can't just go up to people and randomly stroke their pets. <laughs> no, no, I suppose not. Oh, well, I always, because I always like to stroke dogs when they're coming towards me on the, uh, the road. I always ask the owner's permission first and say, is it okay? Yeah. Because you don't know. Some, do- some dogs don't like it, do they? No, especially if it's or you. Like- Although they can be aggressive. Normally, it's, they're, they're very, they like me a lot, but uh, you, know, you can get the odd dog that's going to turn a bit nasty. So I'm yeah. But there's also talking about, um, you know, if you are settling down to, to, to treat yourself kindly, you know, blankets was quite a good one. I'm not, I'm not talking about Michael Jackson's child here, obviously, but I'm talking about, um, you know, just snuggling up under a blanket, like having a duvet day, for example. Yeah. And when I looked into that also a bit further, you can, you can actually buy sort of weighted blankets, did you which, not know uh, about you... that? Where have you been? No, I didn't know about weighted blankets. Well, I mean, you obviously do. Yeah, of course. Yeah, weighted <coughs> blankets are really, I mean, a lot of people find weighted blankets marvellous for uh, reducing their levels of anxiety. Well, exactly. So this is one, this is, this is one of these, um, uh, it's on this list. And I thought, I've never heard of a weighted blanket. I mean, what have they got, weights around the edges? or, or what Just they the whole thing's you... weighted. Just get your partner to lie on you. That's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> I, I suppose so. Yeah, but you don't know where that's going to lead. But I, I suppose that um, you know, a, a weighted blanket. Oh, I, I, I didn't know about that. It was like a chainmail one. It'd be ideal. No, it? no it's not chainmail. It's you, you want to get yourself one lie under a weighted blanket. <laughs> Do I? Well, I'm going to. Try. <laughs> Actually, the very thought of you lying under a weighted blanket is quite amusing. Well, if it's really weighted, you can't get up. I'll get proper stressy. It's not so weighted you can't get up. It's not It's not supposed to chain you down. But actually, that is, that you're, that is uh, connected to another important thing, which is being aware of the senses that tend to have the biggest impact on you. For some people, it will be what you feel like. You know, our physical sense, whether we're warm or cold or we, we're, we're feeling, you know, pushed down under a weighted blanket, whatever it is. But for other people, it'll be listening to something or it might even be smelling something or tasting yeah. something. Or So both of, those, both of those were on the list. So you're gradually ticking them off. So you're doing very well so far. It was almost as if I know what I'm talking about. I oh, know you're up to sort of B. Oh, we get up to, you'll be up to B plus soon with a few more. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so being being aware of uh, which senses have the biggest impact on you is also important. And then if you know that you're someone who kind of really responds to certain senses, find ways of stimulating them in a positive sense, and that will give you yeah. a really good feeling. Yeah, they're talking about also one of the uh, one of the things on the list about adjusting the lighting, like u- using candles to give it like a soft sort of. I like your candles when I'm in the bath. I, I know you like a candle, uh, <laughs> and, and the smells one came up, uh, which reminded me of your creosote from last week. It's comforting yeah. to you, wasn't it? Yeah, and now it's funny you should say that because today I was walking. I don't know where I was walking somewhere with a dog, and I walked past this big uh, honeysuckle um, bush, and. I it, I looked at it and I thought, well, that honeysuckle is really beautiful to look at because it's all in bloom now. But actually, the thing that I got most from was the smell. Yeah. 
So, you know, it's going back to that same point. Don't just assume just because something looks nice or sounds nice or whatever, that's going to be the most important sense sensory indicator for everybody because people are different. They are different. Just discovering it for yourself is really important. And I think a great illustration of that, it just reminded me of, um, I remember my auntie Ruby, she bought me a, a candle on Christmas, and and it was leather smell, right? And so when you <laughs> when you I don't I don't know where she bought it. I didn't ask, but when you lit it, um, it smelled like leather, and sort of it reminded me of a, of the Radio Caroline Road shows, like Did the it? sweat, Did and, it? Did sweat it? and leather and and long hair and heavy metal music, and, and it's just yeah. Yeah, that's all, it was all rolled into that, and there's this, it was a leathery smell. And Because I remember my, my older brother said, it smells like old gigs in here. <laughs> <laughs> did you find that every time you lit it, you started headbanging? <laughs> I did. I, put, <laughs> yes, I went straight from my Motorhead album, put that on, bang, and away I went. It would have been better <laughs> if you'd not put any music on, just lit the candle and start headbanging to the candle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had long hair in those days, I'd have called it a light. That wouldn't have been any good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that'd you, have been excellent. But you touched on taste as well, didn't you, earlier on? Yeah. Because uh, again, in this, they're saying, again, throw a bit of a childhood memory, like boiled sweets. You could, you know, you have a boiled sweet when you're self soothing yourself, but you get ones that remind you of your childhood, but simpler times, as it were. I mean, for me, that would be like those rhubarb and custard sweets. Do you remember those? I do, yeah. yeah you made your mouth sore, though, didn't they, if you weren't careful? Yeah, they did. I think there's the sort of uh, tough, sugary bits on the outside, but the taste was, and you can still get them now. And, and, and when you taste that, it does throw you straight back, and it's quite yeah, comforting. For me, it's uh, pear drops or American hard gums. Oh yeah, but anyway, there's another one came up was uh, watching watching your favourite film again, watching the film probably you've already seen, and it, the one that comforts you, one that you feel good with. Yeah, and, uh, um, I don't know what I don't know what would what sort of film would fall into. What would you, what, what film would you watch? Uh, well, I, if I was watching a comforting film, I'd probably watch Annie Hall or Manhattan. <laughs> would you? Oh, well, obviously, you go straight for a Woody Allen. Yeah, definitely. Vibe. I would. Whereas, uh, but th- when you mentioned that, immediately I thought of my daughter because my daughter has watched every single episode of Friends about well countless times. That's her go-to. Wow. So yeah, whenever yeah, she kind of wants to feel kind of soothed or comforted, she just puts Friends on, and and quite yeah, often strange. she'll go to sleep with it playing. Right, okay. Yeah, that is soothing then, isn't it? She's yeah. really been kind to herself on that, yeah. especially we've seen it loads of times before. That's right. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think my, probably my second favourite film of all time, Life of Brian, would probably be... What about you? What's your first favourite? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to... I thought I thought probably you'd, you'd have said that the uh, film that you were going to watch was uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> Now, one film I did watch the other day. Remember, we were talking about alien abduction. I did watch. Um, I watched Paul again, uh, which was which we mentioned in. Uh, I thought I hadn't seen that for a long time, and that's quite a comforting film. Yeah. Uh, yes, I was being kind to myself last weekend. So I thought I'm going to pop that on. I'll tell you the other film that springs to mind that I know I've watched a lot of times, which always makes me feel kind of as if I'm uh, lying under a weighted blanket, and that is um, the <laughs> uh, the movie of the uh, TV series Porridge. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's good childhood memories, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, a tin of ambrosia creamed rice would probably take me back to my childhood or some Finder savoury pancakes. Okay, yeah, but sure. 
Sure, yeah, it does take. Yeah, it, again, what, what was your, what was your, fa- what was your favourite um, variety of Findus uh, crispy pancake? Oh no, it was I think there was a um, like a um, like a minced beef one. There was that was my least favourite. Yeah, was it? No, it was, I think that was the one I would go for. I like the cheese one. It was like just basically a crispy pancake filled with melted cheese, and there, uh, there was also a smoked haddock one. All oh, right, okay. What about Angel that, Delight? Where'd you stand on that? Um, what 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 flavour? Yeah, probably butterscotch. I think. Yeah, that's a good choice. I'd have gone for yeah. peach myself. Yeah, yeah, they're all up there, aren't they? Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, one one of the other things that, that was on this list was um was was specialist apps on your phone. I'm not sure if, if using tech is is the right way forward here, but they they threw it only on the list. Well, uh, yeah, I'm I'm similarly um, sceptical about that. But what I often do recommend to people particularly if I've suggested to them that they might benefit from getting into mindfulness, which I think a lot of people uh, do benefit from, particularly if they have yeah. a tendency towards anxiety. There are, t- there are two very good um, mindfulness apps, um, Headspace and Calm. Uh, so I often recommend those, but I'm not sure I'd recommend anything else, uh, you know, as a kind of distraction from, I, I think, on balance apps tend to take us away from our ability to self-soothe because they're they kind of prevent us from turning inwards which is what we're trying to do yeah 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 i mean it's i'm also you know those mentioning um like meditation which we touched on earlier on um you know the, the ones that are on youtube and i know that um there's one that does come up quite a lot i know in their groups, uh, one of the guys that comes on there, Gareth, he's very big on uh, um, of, of recommending the honest guys, which is a, which is a, which is quite entry, quite easy meditation. It's on YouTube and pop it on, and and, and he said that he, he's used it a lot, and he always recommends it on for other people to, to 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 have a look at as well. And I've looked at them, I thought, yeah, they are good. And again, it just takes you out from it from from the, the current headspace you're in. Mm, yeah um yes i mean that's you know as i say that's not for everybody but certainly sort of meditative or mindfulness wise the other thing is writing there's a there's a writing practice called uh, morning pages which essentially is you writing uh three full pages of a4 freehand longhand as soon as you wake up it's like a stream of consciousness so you wake up you pick up your pad you start writing. You don't stop until you've written three pages. Doesn't matter what you write. Whatever comes into your head, you just write it. And uh, a lot of people really swear by that. Do they? That's yeah. something I've never tried. Well, you should um, try it. Just try. It. I mean, a lot of old, a lot of old rubbish will come out of your head, no doubt. But well, well, exactly, yeah. But if it gets it out of my head, it's no longer taking up space. There is it. One of the last things on the list there, which is I think it's quite a powerful one, really, um, especially if you're in that mood where you are. Um, I, I don't know, perhaps things have got very stressy and you've got high levels of anxiety, but to let yourself cry. You know, I was brought up, you never cried. That was, that was never, never, it was never allowed to, um, it's, it's, which, which took a lot of breaking down. But, uh, and again, um, doing the rehab course and that, they, you know, they sort of encouraged it really. It was, it was, it was something I just, because a lot of us in there were quite stubborn about it. But, you know, when you do, do allow yourself when you're feeling a bit, uh, a bit mizzy, it does, yeah. it does make you feel better afterwards. So, yeah, allow yourself to be kind. Don't, don't beat yourself up and say, I mustn't cry. Have no. a, have a, let it happen. Let that emotion wash over you and, and, and you can move on from it. You, you would you'd agree? I would. After, I usually have a little cry before I've got to talk to you. 
No, anyway, cry, crying is very positively cathartic. It is very positive, positively cathartic. But, but um, again, at the end of this blog, it says practice makes perfect on these. Try them. Have a go. See what suits you. And then keep doing it, you know, because yeah. it won't just it won't just fall into place straight away. It's something you've got to got to concentrate on, but it will have an overall effect. Yeah, well, I like those suggestions, but I don't like the final line in the blog because practice makes perfect. The inference being that one needs to achieve perfection, which I don't. Agree oh, okay, with. okay, okay. Well, you I had think... to find fault. So you had to find fault somewhere, didn't you? In my <laughs> research, you just well, you left it. At well, hang on, you're it. taking it personally. I'm not finding fault with your research. I'm just saying oh, okay. that the, uh, the the statement at the end of the blog is unnecessary. We shouldn't be seeking perfection in self-soothing. It's actually the reverse that we're seeking we're seeking to be okay with whatever is presented to us we're surrendering to our reality that is exactly what self-soothing is it's like saying my reality is what it is i can't change that what i can affect is my kind of internal state okay well no you've 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 had a right pop at me now and i'm gonna have a cry in a minute (laughs) you've reduced me you've reduced me to tears yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah so that's that, that's what that was my research it dovetailed very neatly with what um what whether you did in research or whether you just did it off the top of your head which i suspect mostly the latter anyway that's i'm going to move on to my gratitude list which you've already touched on right at the start of this um about me going down to see lizzie in her new house nice. so uh, that's on my gratitude list going down to see it's always nice when your children sort of make those steps and being around to witness it is is just lovely. So buying her first house, I think, is is great. And going down to see it, which is a lovely house her and her partner Jacob bought, and I was delighted, so delighted for them, I really am. And it's um, yeah, it's, it's great. So I'm really grateful that I was able to go and um, I'm grateful I'm around to witness it, but grateful that the fact that they um, wanted me to come down and have a look at it. Yeah, no, that's nice. Uh, congratulations, uh, Lizzie and Jake. I hope you're very happy in your new home. I feel like a DJ now. <laughs> you sounded like a DJ. And mate. here comes Backman Turner Overdrive with You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. <laughs> but, uh, they're regular listeners to the podcast, so they'll be delighted to get name-checked. Oh, good. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I'm grateful for this week. I'm, okay. grateful, I'm grateful for having grown up with a, a mother who cooked meals for me every day because it struck me this week that there are so many kids that grow up now never seeing their parents cook, having no idea about how to cook, never really being able to appreciate the joy of food. And, uh, well, as you know, I'm very interested in cooking and food, but a lot of yeah. that is down to my upbringing. You know, I think we underestimate the impact that our upbringing has on us in, in so many different ways. And that was just something that, um, you know, that struck me this week. So that's what I'm grateful for. That's a good one. I'm grateful for my mum's chocolate pudding and chicken casserole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your mum your was a good egg. I always liked your mum. Much missed. Much missed. But yeah, no, that's a good, that's good. That's a good, uh, good item to go on the gratitude list. Um, Spotify searches. When you put in soothing, as you can imagine, all you get up is reams and reams and reams of sort of um, lullaby songs for babies or or rain sounds or one of them was uh, was hair dryer noises which i thought was quite an interesting one <laughs> so, <laughs> you could listen to several minutes of just hair dryer noises apparently it, it sends babies off to, to sleep quite quickly really? was there any yeah. um, was there any uh tibetan singing bowls 
Well, I was, I was surprised with the lack of that on there, to be honest, because I thought that would have been um, the the, uh, the noise they make. Uh, very soothing, but was no, um, was was did you find soothe operator by? <laughs> no, because that would be wrong. You're, you're stretching the point. You're, I'll see you racking your brain see if you could come up with a, a title of something. But but uh, yeah, there was also um, these uh, these noises, these soothing noises for cats and dogs and other pets. Yeah. That you can play them for play to them. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the one of the guys that I know um, where we're working at the moment. He's he's very big. He loves his cats and he plays them soothing music all day long. Really crazy, yeah. Just yeah, he, he gets rescue cats, looks yeah. after them, and and uh, he only has one at a time. What do they um, like music wise? But Cat Stevens, Cat Stevens, where yeah. he's... <laughs> uh, But anyway, what went on in the end yeah. was a, um, a song called "Soothe My Soul" from Depeche Mode. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, which is which is one of their later ones. Well, I say later. It's uh, from an album, uh, The Delta Machine, in 2013. So to, to my mind, that's quite recent. <laughs> As yep. you get older, 2013 is a very recent past, isn't it? Especially as uh, I went to see Depeche Mode in 1981 on their, when they were touring their very first album, the Speak and Spell tour. Would so it's a long Paul? time after that. I went with Paul, my brother, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was a big Depeche Mode fan. He was, yeah. <laughs> A bit big in both senses of the word. Uh, he, was, he was a very tall chap, yeah. yeah I, he was I very tall was. and he really liked them. <laughs> he so loved them, yeah. He, he did. He was double big. He did. Well, the problem, I remember it was in the, it was in, in the Hounds Methodian and people behind, standing behind, as you, as you know, I'm sort of just, just over 6'3 and, and Paul was 6'8, very pissed off standing behind us <laughs> two. <at the> front <laughs> they couldn't see the stage. Was that the, was that the gig where someone you heard someone behind you say uh, 10,000 people in here and we get stuck behind the biggest bastard in England? Was that? <laughs> no, that happened to that us. That was quo, went, wasn't it? No, no, that was at Wembley. Watching oh, was England it? play football, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a hundred thousand people in there that night. Yeah, they got stuck on the two biggest bastards in England. Yeah, it was a good phrase. Uh, so good. anyway, that, that's about me, mate. All right. Okay. Well, I'll um, see you anon. I'll catch you um, later on. Yep. Later's. See you later. Bye. Bye. Sideways was created by Graham Landy and Martin Pankhurst. If you want to read more about our work or sort through the extensive archive of past episodes, just visit grahamlandywellbeing.co.uk forward slash sideways podcast. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram at Sideways Podcast. And you can email us if you have a question or if there's something you'd like us to cover. But most of all, we want to tell you how grateful we are that you come and listen. And we ask that if you've enjoyed what you've heard, that you spread the word and we'll see you next week.